This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. This is the Aftershock Central Podcast with Martin and Jack. Hello. Ronnie's not here. He's uh, pretending to do something at a baseball field. I don't know. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he says. We should just kick him out of the show. It's not like he doesn't even come on the show. I mean, yeah. For all he cares about is baseball. Yeah, yeah. I think he just hates Aftershock. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Bastard. Def- you know he must, hate, he must hate Black Eyed Kids. He does yeah, hate Black Eyed Kids. He missed a Black Eyed Kids week. He's like that Joe Pruitt. I don't know about him. Yeah. I don't know about him. Anyway, so yeah, so tonight, to, to date, to date, I guess that's like tonight slash today. Yeah. Depending when you're listening. Uh, we'll be discussing Black Eyed Kids number six and the revisionist number four. Yep. So which one do we want to do first? I want to do Black Eyed Kids. Oh, Lord. Because if we run out of time, then I won't be <laughs> that disappointed. <laughs> okay. That Revisionist isn't a bad book. I made, that, I made that sound bad, didn't I? Yeah, you made that sound terrible. Uh, no, it's not a bad book. So, Black Eyed Kids number six. Roll call. Joe Pruitt writing. Simon yep. Kudransky on art. Guy Major in colors. Marshall Dillon on letters. You nailed that name, by the way. Even though we've said it a couple times now, I couldn't get it. Simon? Simon? Is it Simon? Kudronsky? Yeah. Cool. That's what it sounds like to me. If it's wrong, <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody would have told us by now if we were wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're just like, those idiots. They're never going to get it. <laughs> Why do I even bother? Why don't you give us a recap of Black Eyed Kids number six? Cool. So... This starts with Michael's dad and sister at the diner with Gus, who is our new kind of badass lumberjack friend from the Genesis short story, right? Mm-hmm. And he says something about a commune. I don't know if you noticed that. I yes. Mean, went, went through it really fast. Yes. And he, he mentioned being in a commune with his daughter, but he didn't go into detail. And that's important, so I'm going to come back to it. Um, but then after their discussion at the diner, some black-eyed kids show up outside the diner. Um, and the only way they can escape is sort of by busting out of the diner kind of Rambo style. We know you can't kill black-eyed kids, so they just um, have pistols. And I think somebody had like a automatic rifle or something, but mm-hmm. – um, but they're all going off, and I guess they figure the only way to get out of get away from black eyed kids is just to injure them enough to get away before they get back up. So that's exactly what they do. Um, they get in a car with the intention of driving, just hauling through the black eyed kids. However, one of them is Gus's daughter, and he sees her, and he just can't do it. So they kind of turn around and go the other way. Uh, presumably, I guess they get away. Um, but one cool scene is, meanwhile, the diner employee is, like, freaking out because these guys with guns just went out and started loading on kids. Um, so she goes over to help one of the kids, and she's like, you know, don't worry, you're going to be all right. And then the kid opens up his eyes, and he just calmly says, I know, which was awesome scene. <laughs> um, and then simultaneously, there's kind of another scene going on it's, that's going toggling back and forth between, but there's a cop. At a bar, and I don't think have we seen this guy before? Is he new? 
The cop? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought, I, thought, I, I thought it was the same cop we've been seeing the whole time. Okay. I couldn't remember. Um, but he's sitting at the bar drinking his, kind of drinking his sorrows away, um, because his wife left him and his job's not going well. And to make a long story short, um, he runs into black eyed kids and they wind up following him to his home and they tell him, uh, we come with a warning. If you continue to go down the path you're following, death will find you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see Meredith and the creepy leader kid, and he introduces her to Ricky, which was the black-eyed kid in jail, right? With yes. the freckles and glasses. Yes. Um, and then, and she has another flashback and remembers Ricky from that scene at the end of number five. So the leader's not her brother, but Ricky's her brother, right? Yes. Um, so going back to that scene at the end of issue five, I've kind of connected some dots, um, here. So that scene was the, in issue five was the commune that Gus mentioned at the beginning of, of this issue. Correct. Um, and I know this because we see him there, we see him in it with like a ponytail and I didn't recognize him before because he's all cleaned up, but it's him. And he's with his daughter, who is now a black-eyed kid, we know. Um, and Meredith and her brother Ricky are there also with, it looks like their mom, um, or some female. And there's a bunch of other people there with their kids, too. Um, so here's my crazy theory time. Mm-hmm. I, was, I don't think I was wrong about the uh, sort of occult angle to this. I think this commune was some sort of like religious or black magic cult or whatever. And by some hoodoo voodoo, they arose the leader from that black pit he came out of. Mm-hmm. And these kids were kind of like the, the parents offerings to him. And the parents were all down with this at that time, at least, because they all look really happy at this commune mm-hmm. with this creepy kid coming out of the ground. And the only one that even looks worried at all is Meredith who I'm guessing is the only kid that was either immune or snuck away somehow. I like your theory. I like your theory. I still wish it was, I'm still hoping for aliens. Okay. Uh, but I think that's kind of irrelevant to the whole conversation. <laughs> I think the cult thing is spot on. There's definitely a cult. It's, it's kind of weird that everybody's related though to this cult. Cause in this issue, yeah. it's the first time we see, all the connections, right? Right. Like, we, we knew about the guy that's got the Black Eyed Kids website. Um, yeah. That he was married to this this guy's uh, wife, now dead wife. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that, but that was about the only connection we had to anybody else. Yeah. But now, yeah, like you said, we see Ricky. So we have some connection to that flashback scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that this new mystery man from Genesis, he knew all these people when they were younger because he was part of the cult Yep. Um, as an adult, mm-hmm. um, which I wonder when he left. Like, do you think he left after his daughter was turned or do you think that his daughter was turned because he left? No. I, she, well, she seems pretty young. Yeah. Well, no, so that's something else I don't understand is it seems like some of the kids don't age, but then why is Ricky older? 
now because he's like a teenager or older. Yes. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. And I, I don't know if the parents thought they were getting into something else and took their kids there with, you know, I don't know. And it didn't turn out the way they were hoping or, or what, or if they were kind of uh, uh, maybe misled or possessed somehow or. I don't know Man. about that. I mean, cults are kind of a weird thing, right? So I think you can get anybody to do anything you want with right. the right motivation. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of these people were like necessarily misled. And take that as you will. I mean, I think if you're in a cult, you're well, somewhat misled anyway. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think they knew what they were getting into. But maybe seeing, actually seeing what happens to the kids. Make some people change their mind, right? Because you can you can believe whatever you want, but then when you see something happen, it, you know it might be a little different. It might affect you differently, yeah. right? Because then you're like, oh well, this is my kid. I don't want my kid to be this way, right? Or maybe their kids got converted and then turned on them. That's also possible. And like uh, what's that? Children of the Corn. Yeah. Yeah. And Gus got away, and Meredith got away somehow. Yeah, it's very possible. And maybe everybody else was slaughtered or something, for all we know. That's very possible. Um, I think the the leader. Do we have a name for him yet? I don't think so. Okay, we'll, I was we'll, wondering that too. We know we know the the new guy is Gus. Yes. Um, the leader has that interesting line where he says, um, "Mankind." Something about like mankind is going to be like in its proper place. Uh, serving as my slaves as they always have and always will, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but uh, that was kind of an interesting line because it kind of tells you that even though he looks like a little kid, he's obviously at least hundreds, maybe thousands of years old. Yeah, yeah. So that goes kind yeah. of with what you were saying, you know? Maybe the cult woke something up that they weren't supposed to be. Like, yeah, he's like a. Uh... I mean, I thought at first he was just another black-eyed kid, but with a little, you know, he's just the le- he's the leader of them, but he's more or less the same. Mm-hmm. But in the end of this episode, it seems like he's he's the thing, he's it, and, and right. the black-eyed kids are just kind of his subjects. Right. And that the, the very last panel when he when Meredith meets sees Ricky. And then all the other black-eyed kids are there. He says, behold the future of man. Oh, is this what you were talking about? Yeah, that's about? what I was talking okay. about, the last page. Well, he says, mindless livestock for me to lord over and command. And he's and it's all the black-eyed kids there. Mm-hmm. So it's like he knows they're just walking, you know, kids doing whatever. Sure. So is this like – does he like te- telepathically control these kids? Or is it just like they're completely mindless? Like it's a hive mind, and he is the only one with a mind. You see, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty interesting. I think uh, it's th- this. This issue started off a little bit slower than the rest of them, um, but there's a lot of information that is fed to the reader, which I really appreciated. Because mm-hmm. you know we've been going on for this is issue six, so five issues, not really knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah. And now we're finally starting to see some of that. So right. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs>
No, this is uh, good. And it, 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 uh, it, I think it ties a lot. There's still a lot of questions that are left out there, but now they're a little bit more minor because we kind of know what's going on now. Right. Right. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of expanding those connections, yeah. right? Yeah. Filling um, in some gaps. I thought there was a, an interesting bit when, when those two black eyed kids go to see the cop at his house. And mm-hmm. they threaten him, you know, and he's like, you can't do anything to me. Like, I don't care. And they're like, yeah. oh, well, your wife. Like, oh, right. Yeah. We'll, we'll go after her. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was interesting. But then when he threatens them about, like, if you had the balls to come into my house, um, I'll whoop your ass pretty much is what he says. And they're like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, I, how do they get that as an invitation? Because they have to be invited to come in. Right. right. Well, how is that an invitation? Well, that's just them being like they're kind of smart ass the way they always are. Mm. Right? I, they always have their little clever zingers and whatnot that they do and say. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is there, there has to be something in the way that w- whatever possesses them works that requires the invitation, right? Into the home. Why? That's everything that we've seen. That's always how it is. Like they can't go into the house without being invited in, or even at the uh, at the hospital, they couldn't go into the hospital until that security guard told them, like, said something about coming in. Hmm. Huh? I haven't picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. You ha- they have to be invited in to wherever, like, whatever home or place they're trying to get into. That's why they always like creep outside the window because they can't they can't go into the place unless they're invited. It's yeah, like, like vampires. Yeah, even in the first issue, they waited outside until was that Michael? Until he came out. Right. They didn't just barge in and. Yeah, they always have to be invited to come in. So that's why I thought it was weird. He's like, "If you have the balls to come mm, into my house, right. I'll whoop your ass." And they're like, "Thanks for the invitation." Yeah. And that's yeah. when they come in. I mean, I don't know. That that seemed a little weird, but maybe like we don't know the rules of how their thing works. Yeah. And the issue with Gus, he got tricked into letting one in. Right, right. Yeah. He thought he was just a regular guy. Right. Yep, absolutely. Uh, anything else on this issue? Uh, no, man. It's good. Good stuff. Let's rate this up then. I'm going to let you go first. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I, I mean, I love it. I don't, I mean, I, this book, it feels like at this point just can't. Can do no wrong. I mean, it's going to be solid. I agree. I uh, I'm I'm going to give it a four point two five. Okay. I'm going to go with the quarter rating. Um, it was a great issue as always. I love the the new information. I love this little the leader black eyed kid. He's my favorite. Um, but I don't know. There was something for me missing that I couldn't give it a five. But I I think. A four two five is an excellent rating. That means I loved it. So, but this is the one that everything we've read so far has tied it all together. Absolutely, absolutely. But there wasn't that like one thing that happened that made me say, "Well, holy crap!" Like even that reveal uh, of Gus and and all the relationships. Yeah. How everyone tied together. Even that didn't give me the oh crap moment. Yeah. You know. Um. But still, four point two five. That's a yeah. good score. 
Yep. That's better than 95% of the books that I read. <laughs> hey, it wasn't better than uh, Animosity. No, it was <laughs> – I don't know. Right now, those two books are kind of tied for me, dude. Yeah? I got to tell you. Animosity 2 brought it. Uh, all right, so let's talk about The Revisionist. Let's do it. So – the Revisionist number, what is this, number four? Four. Um, we get, uh, we start off with a flashback scene, uh, of Martin back in his hoodlum days. Um, he's hanging out with a buddy of his and they work for, I'll see a gangster. His name is Turk. And, um, they work for this guy and, you know, they, him and his, and, uh, they have a little argument, of course. The guy doesn't want to get killed. He's like, don't do this. He's like, you know, you crossed Turk too many times. Turk can't do this anymore. Right. Um, and then we cut to the scene where Martin goes to see Turk to tell him that he's killed uh, this other guy. He's not going to be a problem anymore. And uh, Turk pays him off. And yep. Martin says, you know, this is it, right? This is my last job. Mm-hmm. Turk's like, yeah, yeah, it's your last job until the next one when you come back to me because – that's the kind of person you are. Now, why did he go back to Turk? Well, so that's that's part of the rest of the story. Um, yeah. it, it seemed illogical to me. That's why I'm that's why I'm interrupting you to say that. You mean like after he killed his friend? No. Why did he? Why did the guy that he saved? Ah, ah! Spoiler. Okay. So if we if we. Keep going with the story. I guess I can tell this in two different parts. Sorry, go uh, ahead. I'm jump. You're right. I'm jumping ahead. Because because in this issue, there's a lot of time jumping. Yeah. Where you see a lot of Martin in the past and Martin now, um, and in the now, he is starting to realize that even though he hates his dad and he thinks his dad is an a hole, that his dad is right about the way time works, mm-hmm. and him not being the revisionist is causing issues with the time. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to pick up his gun again and become a revisionist. Yep. Um, but as all this is happening, there's a guy that is hunting him. Right. And uh, the guy shoots him uh, through his window, and that's kind of when he realizes, like, I, I just I got to do this, regardless of what I think of my dad or anything else. Um, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with myself. Um, so he goes, finds the guy, uh, or starts looking for the guy. He finds all the guy's tech, and. Uh, it's kind of weird because this mystery figure doesn't speak English, or if he does, we can't really tell because all his dialogue is written in like uh, yeah, it's not hieroglyphics, but like some weird font, right? So like it's it, some unknown language or something. Yeah, an unknown language or like a future English. Who knows? Um, so we're going back and forth in time. We jump back to the past and we see that Martin has not killed his friend. Um, the guy actually. He, what he did is he told them to pretty much disappear mm-hmm. uh, so Turk wouldn't kill him. But his friend was an idiot and went back to Turk um, to try to get forgiveness, I, I would assume. So my, th- my thing with that is I think it's the same type of deal with Martin and Turk. Um, when Turk says, you know, yeah, it's your last job, but you'll be back. I think all these guys – he knows that he can control all these guys because they're all the same. They have nowhere else to do, to nowhere else to go. They have, they don't know how to do anything else other than be a criminal. Yeah. And so regardless of, you know, whether they leave or try to be something else, they're always going to come back to Turk 
because they feel safe with Turk. They know that, you know, they'll be part of something, even though they're obviously they're criminals, but they'll be part of something and, you know, they'll excel at what they're good at, which is being criminals. Um, so they have no place else to go. Yeah. Now, it's kind of like we're talking about the, the cult in Black Eyed Kids. It's kind of the same thing. You know, Turk is kind of a charismatic leader. He just so happens to be a criminal. Yeah. So these guys follow him blindly. Yeah, I guess that works. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we jump back to the present, and this mystery man goes after – I believe her name is Tiffany, but I couldn't be mistaken. Um, the, the girl that in the one time frame was Martin's uh, correctional officer. All right. Uh, the one that helped yeah. him in the prison. And uh, she is in her hotel room. This mystery man, I guess, knows her relationship to Martin mm-hmm. and goes and tries to kill her. Uh, Martin uses his high-tech time-traveling technology to uh, fake this hologram to walk into the room and uh, catch the guy off guard. They have a mm-hmm. fight. He knocks the mystery man down, starts taking off his bandages because his face is bandaged up. And he says, oh, no, it's you. And yep. then it cuts to the fact that the man is wearing a uh, a bomb vest. Mm-hmm. And there's an explosion at the hotel, and the issue ends. Yep. And and it only – who do you think it is? It's, it's, there's, only, there's one person that seems kind of obvious, and I don't yeah, know I if mean, it's too obvious. It would be obvious for it to be his friend, right? Oh, I was going to say his dad. His dad? See, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't get that he, at all. He didn't follow his order, and now he's – I mean, he, he, he abandoned what he was doing, and now he's screwing up the timeline. So he's taking some, he's going to say, I'm going to, I got to do what I have to do. Interesting. See, I didn't, I didn't get that. Um, now that you say it, it makes sense. But Who, I, who's his friend? The guy that he pretended oh. to kill. Oh. But did not kill. See, when I was, when I read this, I was like, oh, maybe that's who it is. Um, but then I was like, no, that's just a technique that Frank's doing to throw us off guard. Huh. I get that. Would, that could work. You know. Like he kills this guy and he keeps coming back. Yeah. Of course, yeah. he would have had to have done this in the past. Sure. Well, I'm just saying that I think in terms of the story, it makes sense that way because yeah. you're going back and forth between him killing his friend and then his friend trying to kill him. Um, and you have that storyline. So it makes sense to me that the mystery man would be his friend. Um, but it also makes sense that it's just to throw you off guard. I think it's somebody that we've already seen. Um, so I like the fact that it could be his dad. I think that's uh, possible. I'm, I'm going with that. Um, I, I still want it to be Martin. I think it, it, <laughs> Martin killing himself. Yeah. Have you ever seen Looper? Yeah. It'd be cool if it was like that, like right. Looper, you know? Um, of course, would he say he would? Then he would have said, "No, that's impossible. It's me, not it's you." Well, they couldn't say that because then he ruined the whole story. Um, but we've already seen like the the revisionist thing altering timelines. Yeah. Um. So it's very possible that this is just Martin in a different timeline. Right. It's right, and I think I said the last step, the last issue that we discussed, um, were. You know, I guess they could be two Martins, one that actually followed all the rules of his dad uh, in time travel and one that didn't, mm-hmm. uh, but still had that knowledge. Yeah. 
And I just think it'd be interesting to have that dichotomy. So, yeah. Yeah. This issue is pretty straightforward, though. That's yep. what I like about Revisionist. Um, you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's it's a pretty straightforward story. You know, yeah. you got your beginning, middle, end. It's fun throughout. You get little bits of new stuff, but uh, again, nothing mind blowing in this issue. So, uh, I'll rate this one up. I'm gonna give this one a. Uh, I'm gonna give this uh, actually a lower score than most. I'm gonna give this a three out of five or a three and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of that reason. Yeah, I'm exactly right there with you, 3.5. And because I, I mean, I think it's a good read and I enjoy it, but I, I, I must say though, like, the, like, it, it doesn't feel all that original to me yet. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of another time travel story. Sure. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those where I think if, if, if I'd buy it, if I, when I can, but if I was like on a budget, it might be one that I'd let go. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I think overall in my rankings, this is this has dropped a bit. Right. Um, but also, you know, we've gotten two really solid new books in Animosity and Alters, so True. I think that's to be expected. Yeah, you know what? I think I'll bump Animosity ahead of this, too. <laughs> I have it behind it. Uh, that's too funny. So you ready to wrap this one up? Yeah. Cool. Short and sweet. Yeah, short and sweet. This has been the Aftershock Central Podcast with Martin and Jack. Ciao. Dang. <laughs> Out of here, man. What if they want to get in touch with us, Jack? You, you paused. You're like, no, don't get in touch with us. Just bye. We're out of here. By the way, it's still ringing Ronnie. I know. I see that. <laughs> Uh, Jack is at Jack Sutherland. Ronnie is at Rambar316. I am a geek fine. The show is at Aftershock Pod. I think Ronnie's taking over that because I just don't have the time for it. Um, but of course, email is the best. Email us hello at nerdlegion.com. And uh, I guess until next time, go read some more Aftershock books. Now say. you can say ciao. <laughs> ciao. <laughs>